2: Go to quince.com/upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to HIV Hope and Charity, a podcast series brought to you by TVPS, a charity that's been supporting people
3: affected by HIV since 1985. I'm Sarah. And I'm Jess and we work for TVPS and our aim is to get as many people as possible HIV educated. If you like the podcast, please rate, subscribe and leave us a review wherever you listen to your podcasts.
0: Hi.
2: All right, let's start recording and then let's both not say anything and just stare at each other. Hello, welcome to HIV Hope and Charity. How are you?
3: HIV Heroes Edition. Yes. I like to always just add that in. How are you? I am good, thank you. Slightly not on the ball though. Oh, do you know what though? It's because there's so many exciting
2: things happening, I think. I think you're right. It's a busy time of year for us, isn't it?
3: Yeah, really busy. Obviously, World AIDS Day is coming up 1st of December. And actually, I wanted to mention that because one of the many things we're doing for World AIDS Day is um, we decided to do like a virtual ribbon wall haven't we on our website reason we thought we'd mention it on here is because you can send in a picture of a red ribbon if you would like to dedicate it to someone you don't have to dedicate it to anyone it can just go on our wall it doesn't have to have you in it if you don't want it to it can we'd love to see your faces but really doesn't have to it could be a ribbon in your favorite place or with a cup of tea Or, you know, just when you're thinking of someone that maybe isn't around anymore, that's positive or just that you're thinking of everyone. Yeah. It's nice, right? I think it's lovely. Yes. uh, We've had lots of people already wanting to dedicate images. um, And how we do that is if you would like to us to write on the photo for you, you can email us at office at tvps.org.uk and send your photo and what you'd like it to say. And we can just put the writing on the photo for you. And it will go up on our virtual ribbon wall. And that's going to stay up, isn't it?
2: Yes, it's going to be there forever.
3: Yeah, so we're just going to keep adding to it. So every time someone is like, actually, I'd really love to do something, I'd really love to dedicate this to someone, you can do it. And as we said, you don't have to put any wording. It can just be that you know that that's dedicated to someone yourself. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to putting all of those together. We've had some lovely ones so far.
2: Oh, that's nice. People have really kind of caught on to this idea, haven't they? I like it.
3: Definitely. One of my real favourites, actually, we had a lovely one sent in um, by someone's daughter and it was a picture of the red ribbon with um, a bear that said mum and it was a bear that they'd given their mum before they'd passed away. And I <gasps> thought, Isn't that lovely? Things like that make me well up. I know, I mean, t- but I love that it's going to live somewhere now. And that the reason we decided to do it virtually is the way the world is. To try and put something up somewhere and get it to stay up in these covid times is not possible. We want it to, people to be able to access it all the time, don't we? Yes. Yes,
2: absolutely. I think it's a good idea. Well done. You've been busy.
3: Yeah, well, it's it's just lovely. Like we're saying, that's why it's all a bit manic. You know, World Day's Day coming up.
2: Should we talk about this week's hero? Yes. Who? Because he's always busy as well. Oh, he, I've given you a clue already. I'm really bad at doing this build-up, aren't I? And trying to make you guess because I, I just can't keep secrets. <laughs> I've, I've got to tell you. Yes, just bursting to tell you who it is. So this person, he's probably the exact opposite of me. So I'm quite introverted. I don't like being the centre of attention. I'd rather the spotlight wasn't on me. Obviously, I don't mind shining it on other people for a podcast, but you know, let's not open that kind of worms.
3: Oh, maybe one day I'll do a, like a, a surprise podcast where it's really all about you. Like, like um, this is your lifestyle. And no, can you imagine the horror? I might record it just to watch you just die inside. The awkwardness. No, let's never do that. Oh, no, I might get all people from your life. Oh, why am I ruining this? Stop ruining it, Jess. Jeez. Anyway, this person that we're featuring this week,
2: he did shine the spotlight on himself. And he very bravely shared his life story on stage.
3: Can you imagine? What do you mean on stage? Like a, he did an announcement or...?
2: I will explain all this
3: week. This week, our
2: hero is the actor, writer, activist and YouTube sensation, Stephen
3: Hart. Oh, do you know, I do know the name. Excellent. I don't know know tons about him. I feel I say it every week, but I do know the name. Oh,
2: well, he's lovely and he um, he's very open about all aspects of his life, uh, which is fantastic for us because we can gain a real insight into his life. And because he's so open, it makes research very easy, easy peasy, easy peasy.
3: Who says that anymore? Where are we going with easy peasy lemon squeezy? Do you think Uh, they say that anywhere else other than England? It's it's like I'm eight. Are you bringing old school sayings back? Yes, I am. That is one of the best. What about goody goody gumdrops? (gasps) Oh, fantastic. Let's use these all the time. (laughs) My husband says yonks all the time. And I'm like, "How old are you?" And he'll go, "It was yonks, Jess." I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, you're going to have to put a dictionary up, or we'll have to put up what these actually mean.
2: <laughs> oh no! Any any teenagers or people in their twenties will be like, "What? What are you talking about?" Oh well, easy peasy. That's definitely coming back. Love it. So let's get back to Stephen. So Stephen's HIV positive, but to understand how he felt when he was diagnosed, we need to look back at how he remembers HIV when he was younger. And one of the reasons for doing so is that when nearly diagnosed people are referred to us at tvps we often find their perception of hiv is based on their knowledge from the media or what they've learned at school and those perceptions then form the basis for their approach to dealing with their diagnosis so if they've been misinformed it can take a long time to unpick that learning and re-educate them right
3: yeah, how, how you learn about HIV initially, those initial thoughts on it. Yeah, that is how you're going to view it. That's how you're going to view your own diagnosis.
2: Yeah, it stays with you, doesn't it? And for a lot of people, when they're growing up, either HIV hasn't been covered at all or it has but in quite a negative context. So I think I certainly find when I'm supporting new, newly diagnosed people that you're kind of up against it from the start with some of them Because those thoughts are very kind of entrenched and it it takes a while for them to come around to the fact that, you know, they're not going to die from HIV or they can live a long
3: life. Well, I think we talk often on this podcast about how the media portrays HIV. And I think that's really hard. If all you know, if all the kind of contact you've had around HIV is often through negative media stories, then I don't know how else you're supposed to feel.
2: Exactly. Exactly. So Stephen first heard about HIV when he was around 12. So this is in the 80s, my comfort zone, um, through the media. But he says at the time he felt it was something so far away that he didn't need to worry about it. And I think, you know, that's a fairly normal reaction for a 12-year-old. Why would they think it was relevant to them?
3: Oh, wow. So he was 12. So we that's really fascinating that he has opened up about from when he was that young. Because I was just assuming, oh, when he's maybe 18, something like that. Well, he's
2: talked about... Um, in media interviews, how, you know, he first heard about HIV at at that age. And that was probably about the age that I heard about it in the 80s as well, because, you know, there was lots of news in the 80s, but it was very much horror stories at the time. Um, As the years went on, he heard the news of uh, celebrities dying of AIDS. So, you know, think Freddie Mercury, Rock Hudson, Kenny Everett, Liberace. And again, As a young person, I think it's quite hard to equate those people with your actual life. They are quite unrelatable in some respects, aren't they? Well, they are. Do you know what? I'm going to go off on a tangent. And I know it's early doors to do this, but I am. Because when Freddie Mercury died, I remember the girl I was working by then, it was my first job. And the girl I sat opposite at work, she suddenly overnight became a huge Freddie Mercury fan. Like she was jumping on the bandwagon of mourning him. I mean, up until that point, she'd been a massive Michael Bolton fan. remember Michael Bolton with the hair? Oh, I
3: do. Yeah.
2: So she loved him. She'd never mentioned Freddie Mercury at all, and she talked a lot. But when he died, she was his biggest fan. Honestly, I swear she was mourning him to get the day off work. She even tried to shed tears in the office because she was so devastated. And I just, it just was always stuck in my
3: mind because I'm like, I mean, let's
2: go overboard
3: here. But isn't it weird how moments like that as well really stay with you? Because I remember I was still at school when... Freddie Mercury died and we were going swimming that day. And a girl in my class said to me, oh, Freddie Krueger's died. <laughs> I just remember saying, no, no, Freddie Mercury's died. Oh, I wish I'd said this to that girl.
2: But she was like, Freddie's died. Krueger, seriously. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Do you know what? I mean, I didn't have to put up with her for very long because I got moved to another team, which was good for me. But now I think, Perhaps she had me moved because I was so unsympathetic. Did she get the day off? That's what I'm wondering. They sent her home because she was trying so hard to go. She was red in the face trying to cry. And I was like, nobody's going to fall for this. But they did.
3: Wow. (sighs) Well, I mean, that's what I'm going to be doing next time a celebrity dies, just to pre-warn you. Oh, no.
2: Oh, Anyway, um, Stephen Grote grew older um he started to have friends that were affected by hiv so he was aware you know it's a bit closer to home now um and he's more aware of it and then in 2005 his life changed so he was 30 at the time and following an evening out socializing he was drugged and raped at the time he didn't tell anyone except the medical staff that treated him and the police Six months later, as a result of the rape, he was diagnosed with HIV. So that was in 2006. I mean, to be honest, what can you say at this point?
3: I was going to say, I mean, that is such a lot to have to deal with, isn't it? Yes, at a young age. And obviously, you don't want to just
2: brush over it because it's such a significant event in his life. But I just don't think there's anything that you can add that is going to make the situation any better. Or it's just horrible what happened to him.
3: Yes. Yeah. And I'm glad actually he's been open because that can be something really difficult to be open about. But we know that it does happen. And we have clients, male and female, that that's happened to. Yes. A really difficult subject. So to know that there's someone that people can relate to that's happy to share their story is, is fantastic.
2: And to give Stephen his credit, I mean, he carried on with his life. You know, obviously he didn't just move on. How can you? But he was putting a brave face onto the world, but crying you know, when he was at home and just trying to carry on as as kind of best he can, really. He was taking his HIV medication. Full credit for doing that, because I think when you um, have a diagnosis following an event like that, quite often people can resist taking medication because you're having to acknowledge everything that's happened. But he had this feeling of impending doom, you know, that his life would end. And I think that possibly links back to the news stories that he remembers from the 80s. So part of his brain saying this is a manageable condition and part of his brain is saying you're just biding your time because you're going to die. So that's in itself is a really hard scenario to kind of juggle and, and exhausting as well to listen to the one side of your brain that's telling you the truth, where the other side of your brain, which is always the louder one, isn't it? It's going, no, no, this, you're going to die. This isn't going to happen. However, he did manage to change his frame of mind. What happened was that he woke up one day and he just thought, it was almost, I think, like a light bulb moment where you think, I'm fed up of waiting to die. It's not going to happen. I need to get on with living my life.
3: He's so strong. That's, a oh, hang on. I need to tell you something really quickly. I was about to say that's amazing, but I've realised I say it far too much in every podcast, so I've made a tiny jar of different words instead of calling people amazing. So let's pick one. Go on, use a new one. That's, here we go, incredible.
2: he is incredible i would absolutely agree with you Yes, yes very strong person what he did um so he starts focusing on living excellent he's working with children from london and new york at the time on a project that's helping these children tell their story kind of on stage and through working with them he realizes that actually he should be
3: doing the same Oh, that lovely realization. So, this is the stage stuff we're talking about that you mentioned. Exactly. Okay. He was in
2: America at the time, but he returned to the UK and he created Shadowed Dreamer, a one man dialogue that tackled all that had happened in his life so far. So, not only the rape and living with HIV, but also child abuse, domestic violence homelessness, and identifying his sexuality. And he brought all of them together to create a stage show. I mean, it takes strength to do that, to relive those experiences and then form them into a cohesive production. He's a strong person. He's astonishing.
3: That's another one that I've got there. Instead, because I wanted to say amazing again. And to have the strength to sit down. Yeah, relive them. Exactly like you said. It's reliving them to not just to write that, but then to perform it. And I'm sure he must have performed it more than once.
2: Well, he did. So in 2009, he performed the show for a limited run at the Bleecker Street Theatre in New York. Now, initially, it was to very small audiences. But by the end of the run, he was performing to full houses. I know. Do you want to know what the New York Times said at the time, the review? Oh, yes. So they called the show breathtaking, groundbreaking, vital theatre that needs to be seen. The New York Times. Oh,
3: that's, and I honestly, I was going to say amazing again. Oh, wait, this one might not go. That's breathtaking. <laughs> okay. It's a bit dramatic. I'm going to go with amazing there. I'm going to go back to my roots. Wow. That, what, what a
2: review. And, and from his performance, from his stage show, he grew a fan base. So people who had seen the show kept coming back and they were bringing with them their friends and their family And after the show run ended, uh, he kept in touch with his fan base via social media. And they kept saying to him, well, what happened in your life next? And he started to think about what should he do next? So he knew he had a voice and a social media platform, but how to use them. And it came to him whilst watching YouTube that he should start his own channel. Now, initially, he was worried about failure, but he kind of quashed that fear uh, with good reasoning. We should take note of this. So he thought, well, I've thought that I'm going to fail before um, and actually say what, at least I'd have tried, even if it does fail. And I think that's quite good. I think I quite like that. It's like, A, it doesn't matter if you fail, at least you tried. And B, I've thought I'm going to fail before and I was massively successful.
3: I have to say, I'm not just trying to make this about us. Look at me go, podcast about someone else. Let's talk about us. I kind of do think we operate in a similar way at TVPS. I think because we're a smaller charity, it's easier for us to take more kind of out there ideas and maybe take more risks. Some people might not be aware that we had started testing in a private room in Tesco, had not we? And that's where... Oh, HIV testing, yes. Yes. And that hit the headlines around the world because it was the first time something like that had happened and had been done. And like I said, it was in a private room, but our thought process was why not test in libraries and supermarkets in private rooms? But you could be there for any reason, getting your shopping, grabbing a book, whatever. These venues make testing so anonymous. And we did kind of go into that and go, we actually think this is going to be brilliant because we've looked at all the barriers. But if it fails, it fails. We'll tweak it. We'll move it. Mm. We'll move on. We'll. But we have to keep trying. What I'm basically saying is we're like Stephen. Do you like that? How I'm like, we're oh. just like him. I hope we're we'll like him. Yeah,
2: he's me too. Lovely. So Oh, I say that in a bit of a creepy fashion. <laughs> <laughs> that bit out. I hope we're we'll like him because he's lovely.
3: And he's marvellous. Excellent. That's another, yeah, of my words. There we go.
2: So Stephen, he launched Heart Talks on YouTube to talk about love, life, sex, relationships, and all things HIV. Now, I know you've seen some of his videos uh, before, and so have I. And my favourite ones are him... Just chatting to the camera. So there's one, and he's got such a lovely voice. He's got quite a a Scottish
3: kind of lilting kind of. Oh, yeah, I could listen to him read anything. Read, it, you oh. know, the back of a cereal packet, and I'd be happy. Lovely voice, Me too. But he
2: has this real way of kind of engaging with his audience. So I was watching one. It wasn't long ago. I think it was only one that he did in July, where he talking directly to the camera. And he says, you know, we need to talk about something serious. And then he plays the intro to his channel. And I could feel myself sitting forward, like looking into the screen going, I'm all ears. What have I done? Why is it so serious? And that's just how he draws you in. And it was something, it was something to do with his own health. And, and yes, it was something serious. It's the sort of viewing where if the doorbell goes, you're not going to answer it. You just want to carry on. You're like, no, no, I'm I, I, Chatting, chatting with my friend via YouTube.
3: You made him your friend. You've already announced it. So you're yes. just collecting friends. You're like, I've decided we're friends. But I am completely with you. And do you know what I really like about him? I have to say that he's he's so open and inviting and asking people, what do you want to know? what do you want to know from me? Like, especially in the earlier videos where he was just starting and saying, let me know what you want this channel to be and let people design what it was going to be with him, the things they wanted to know. And I think that's such a powerful thing to do, to be that open and that, just ask me. Wouldn't it be amazing if you just did a little tiny video for us,
2: Sarah and Jess, you're doing great believe in yourselves you will achieve anything
3: i would listen to that yeah i would listen to that every day would be like put it on before the team meeting day day started yes oh it would be perfect
2: i mean if he ever wants to branch out into other areas and i'm sure he doesn't need you because he's really really busy that kind of motivational lovely soft talking perfect
3: yeah it's He's very good.
2: Oh, so now when people ask him about Shadow Dreamer and what happened next, he talks about Heart Talks um, and he says he's been quoted as saying there's me with my friends being silly. Oh, we know about that being normal because that's what happens after Shadow Dreamer. I live my life. You know, I carry on living.
0: So
3: true. So he is he is a remarkable person. Yeah, he's wait. Let me get, because I was about to say amazing. He's wonderful. And he really,
2: really is. He is wonderful. Do you want to know a fun fact? Something that Stephen and I have in common? Oh, go on. It's groundbreaking podcast information. You ready? We both have a cat called Gracie. But does he? He does. He has has two cats, but one of them is called Gracie. I know it's groundbreaking. Do you know, that will probably win podcast awards for that bit of information. (laughs) Does his Gracie look like your Gracie? No, he, he's, his cat's nicer. His is more cute looking. But then mine's quite a feisty cat. She fights a lot. She's got a scratch on her nose at the moment. She's not looking her best. So I don't think I need to sum up why Stephen's heroic, but I will because, you know, I'm nothing if not thorough. So it hit mean, He's brave. He's honest. Very talented. He's talking about issues that are sometimes swept under the carpet. He's articulate. He comes across as very personable on his YouTube on his YouTube channel. I'm not editing that out. Oh, I'm going to start doing the editing, I think. Essentially, I just think we need more people like him in the world. The world would be a better
3: place if we could replicate him. Yeah, I think what, and um, I'm going to use my last word, how an awesome, what an awesome, awesome person. And I just love, I know we say it every week, but I love how much people are doing in the world of HIV. Stephen is just bloody brilliant. He is. What a perfect ending. I know. Well, also, I just want to say really quickly, even though we wrap that up super nicely, we will put, obviously, the links to his YouTube channel, all of that, with the podcast. So do make sure you go on our website and check that out and um, and go and check out his YouTube talks because everyone needs to be watching these.
2: We love you, Stephen. Love you.
3: Please make us video. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's no way. I mean, if I heard that on a podcast... <laughs> it's just getting pitiful isn't it they're just begging me (laughs) like oh no Just feel free to ignore it let's pretend this never happened (laughs) just edit it out baby (laughs) but yeah well done Stephen Hart on being this week's HIV hero what a guy thank you for listening to HIV hope and charity if you'd like to know more about the work that we do visit tvps.org.uk and please like, subscribe, and rate the podcast if you enjoyed it.
0: Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello?